Hello and welcome to the TOVG podcast. My name is George Weedman. We got Jimmy and Matt in here as usual. And we also brought on Gerard, once again, the completionist who um, is is or, or was previously involved in some very exciting developments last week. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, we touched on it briefly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, what's up, guys? Hey, <laughs> man. <laughs> I just I just uh, want to go straight into it and ask what it is like being actually officially involved with the business of Nintendo on a on a on a real capacity. Because well, for listeners who don't know, you uh, were doing the post show after the direct last week. Yes, which which meant that you had to keep Cloud being in Smash a secret <laughs> for, for a few days after the recording session. Yeah, yeah, it was it was tough. Uh, you know, one of the the big things as to why, obviously legally, why I didn't say anything, but just kind of morally, I remember when it was the day before E three, the morning I think of the Nintendo World Championships, um, and in Japan there was some update data that leaked Ryu and Roy and some stages. And everyone was speculating, and then within hours, Nintendo confirmed it. But there was kind of this essence that it kind of took the flair out of Nintendo for their E3 Direct. And so I, I just I remember that feeling of disappointment of like, oh, I wish I wish that was kind of secret. I wish that was kind of kept to us. So yeah, when they invited me out there, I first off, I the first thing out of my mouth was, was it mobile gaming? Because they <laughs> wouldn't tell me what it was. <laughs> uh, that was the one thing I didn't want to do. Because I think the same day was that they invited me for the event was the same day that we got some update about the NX and about some mobile gaming stuff. We got the title of the mobile game and we knew there was going to be some kind of simulation dealing with social and, and me's and that kind of stuff. So I, that was the first thing out of my mouth and they said, we can't tell you, but we can assure you that it's not going to be mobile gaming. And so I said, great, sign me up. So, uh, I was at a convention the weekend before in Rhode Island, Rhode Island comic con. And I took a flight from Rhode Island to San Francisco, got there at four in the morning Slept for a few hours, and then I got up and I went to uh, the San Francisco headquarters of, of Nintendo, and it was me and Jay Witz. They put us in the room one at a time, and they made us watch the Direct. And I don't think I... I, I mean, I don't know if you guys saw my reaction video, yeah. but I, I definitely... Yeah. I wasn't expecting it. it. It was a complete... Complete surprise, and I'm glad it was kept a surprise. I'm really glad that that Jay Witz and I were were not only loyal to Nintendo and the NDA we signed, but it was the kind of thing where even in the building, uh, people didn't know what we were reacting to. I think Nintendo kept it very close to the chest. No one really knew anything about what we saw, so it was kind of nice to have that experience under our belts. That's tight. Jeez. Yeah. It's also the kind of thing that even if you came out with it, like people would probably not believe it. Cause like having, having like, like Tara from, from FF six being in there would make more sense. Cause she's a Nintendo character. Cloud cloud represents like the schism between final fantasy branching away from Nintendo. I think, and- I think this is a move where I would not be surprised if next year, 
when we get more information on Final Fantasy VII HD Remake, that it's going to be available on the new Nintendo NX console. Because at right. this point, uh, Final Fantasy VII is multi-platform, coming to PC, Xbox One, and PS4. So it would not surprise me that this is not only a move for Square Enix and Nintendo to kind of reconcile on some past mistakes, but to also move forward with uh, future endeavors. Yeah, I agree with that. And if if that is the speculation, then that also sheds some more information on what the NX would be, which if it would be playing a game like that, then it would be a traditional generational leap in video game consoles. And when I remember when they were originally talking about the idea, there were some very, very strange words attached involving their um, wearable health technology, blue market stuff from a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Or um, the prospect of it combining the console and the portable spaces in a more unified way. It's still weird thinking about this stuff. So what feels like so soon after getting a Wii U. Yeah, it's I've talked on this before that like it feels soon because the Wii U's first year of its life cycle was mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. complete, like it just passed under the radar. Nobody bought it. There weren't many games out or anything, but like, even so this is relatively soon because the Wii U's only been around for like three years and the average Nintendo console life cycle is around six. So yeah, it, it doesn't feel like it because I, yeah. I got it in 2014, which I think it, I, I've been having a blast with it. I still have, uh, I think, one last must-play game in the library to go through, and that's Wonderful 101. Right. But oh, God, I just wish there was so much more, and I wish that there will be more. <laughs> well, I still... I, sorry, uh, go, go ahead, Jimmy. Uh, it's just real quick. I, was, I still stand by my, my long-running statement that the Wii U is the uh, most bang-for-your-buck of the current-gen consoles, just because, like... Most of the exclusive games on other platforms are not console sellers. I mean, at least not for me. I'm not going to spend $600 for one game, whereas the Wii U is like half the price of the other consoles and has way more exclusives. But then I am also a big fan of Nintendo. So yeah, Yeah. they actually have some good exclusives as well. I mean, of course, the longevity of the system might not be the best choice, but I, I think there's still some like there's some games on my Nintendo that I would actually go back and play on my Xbox and my PS4, uh, I can't really say that right now. So yeah. I, I definitely agree with that a little bit, even though I'm I'm still kind of sad because I bought the I bought the system the same time um, George did, and we both bought mm-hmm. Super Smash Brothers to practice and, and play on Smash Night, and <laughs> and it, it, like that's it kind of sucks that it's already going to die. Like it just doesn't, it doesn't feel right because I'm just so used to buying consoles over the years and having it last so long, you know? And it's, well, I guess it's still being relevant, I guess you can say. And it's also, it's it's just such a good freaking console. Like every time I load it up, I I have fun. I have fun looking at the stupid little Miiverse posts. I think they're hilarious. The The games themselves are built fun. Using the controller is fun. A, a game with incredibly janky tech behind it, like Fatal Frame 5, I still had fun just using the controller as a camera because where else are you going to get that kind of a gimmick? Yeah, and I don't regret my purchase either, so yeah, I'm actually pretty pretty happy with it, even though I bought it late in its cycle. 
I think, in my opinion, one of the one of Nintendo's biggest strengths is first party titles. I could care less that there's not really good third party stuff on the Wii U. Because more importantly, if I'm going to play third party stuff, I'm going to either play it on PC or PS4. Um, so to kind of have this box that only plays first party Nintendo games almost doesn't really bother me because I know the quality is going to be there. I know that the fun is going to be there. And I know more importantly that uh, I feel Nintendo is one of the only few companies nowadays where $60 feels like $60. It feels like this game has a lot, even if it's not for you. And even if you're not a completionist, there is enough content in the game to keep you going for hours on end. Uh, and I, and that's kind of why I'm, I'm, I'm more loyal to them more than anyone else. I first party, you know, Sony stuff. We got what uncharted God of war, uh, uh, Gran Turismo, like, uh, Xbox. We have gears of war, halo. <laughs> who, who laughed? Who laughed? Who's laughing uh, at me? No, I'm just remembering that, um, <laughs> probably one of the most fun I games I played on the PlayStation 4 this year after Bloodborne was Until Dawn. And mm. and when you're going through like first party PS4 hits, like that's not there. Even though it, it did sell well, it's just like an eight hour uh it's an eight uh, hour kind of movie simulator experience, yeah. which is it, it's still great, but yeah, it, it's such a such a different kind of kind of thing that they're selling for sixty dollars. Yeah. Right, I and sixty oh, dollars nowadays just seems it's like we've been we've been doing sixty dollars games since like PS two, right? I mean, that's mm-hmm. kind of PS two, Xbox, and and GameCube. We were buying sixty dollars games, and the prices have stayed the same while while the games and the technology has changed. But I again, Nintendo's the only company where I really feel like my sixty dollars does actually feel like it's a good use on day of launch most titles i'll wait or i'll do discount buying or i'll do black friday sales any you know assassin's creed for instance i love assassin's creed despite how many there are and i know that on black friday (laughs) it's going to be 30 bucks because it's been 30 bucks every year for the past six years yeah i don't know if you can get away with with just doing the wii u by itself though it's uh the, the the volume of good quality releases are so small unless you have some other box to back it up with, such as a PC or or a Sony Microsoft console. And speaking of the PC and boxes, oh, I I bought a Steam Link last week. Okay, yes, <laughs> that yes, was just a long winded segue. It, it, it was, but the idea is that it's like an incredibly feeble, kind of like weird thing to put next. To, to the other consoles so so this thing it's it's a little roku chromecast style tv box that streams a video feed from your gaming pc through your network out to the living room and it's really really great if you have a wired connection bridging that gap yeah uh matt you were actually at my house last week when when, we when I playing it. tested yeah. it out. Well, it, the it first half, half was a little rough. <laughs> it was, it was. <laughs> um, it, it was a lot of lag going on uh, because your TV wasn't set properly. I, I made the incredibly stupid mistake of plugging in a new video device. I didn't know my TV did this, but when you switch to new video input, all of the picture settings revert back to default. It saves picture settings per video input. Hmm. So, That's kind of cool. 
It it is because I mean that, not the resetting, but the the saving thing is kind of cool. Yeah, the the idea is that if you're watching TV, you can turn it on like TV specific dynamic contrast motion enhancer stuff, and then when you switch over to your game input, you turn all of that off because it causes input lag. Right. The the idea is that if you save those settings, you don't have to turn them off every time. Unfortunately, I never ever have this TV on any inputs other than the playstation and the wii u so when i plugged in input number three it was on game it was not on game mode and uh, and so naturally when we played the steam link for like two hours and we're feeling some lag i was just thinking you know what it's streaming there's gonna be lag uh-huh. <laughs> and then i turned uh-huh. it off and it's actually really fine and kind of impressive how fast this system works when mm. when you're not an idiot and and don't forget to turn your TV's motion enhancement doohickeys off. He he was <laughs> totally there. He, he was that totally be their, com- their oh, blurb God. on the on the Steam Link box. Um, <laughs> surprisingly fast when you're not an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't. I mean, granted, I was being an idiot in this one particular case, but there are also and some you're trying to convince yourself as well. I was. I, you like, were like, oh, serious- it's fine. The lag is fine. We're playing duck game, and it's like really <laughs> laggy. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Some, like some a se- you could feel the seconds after bi- you press the button. Bias going on when I was asking everyone how it was, and they were like, "Remember when we loaded up Rocket League and you said, why does this feel so creamy?'" Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and what little... was my response? I was like, "No, it's fine. Shut up." <laughs> yeah, it, it looked pretty bad too. We had to turn the, the settings all the way down. But I mean, once you fixed it, then the lag was. It was doable. I mean, yeah. I, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say like, oh, I'm gonna, you know, you, you were saying like you can't play tournaments and stuff like that. Like, it, but it was fine for like the fighting games that we, we were playing a little bit of Street Fighter, which and is the it, test. Like, that's yeah. how you know yeah. it's fine is if you can play fighting games with it. Yeah. And um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Real quick, I, I have a question about Steam Link. Is do, it, can my PC be used by somebody else while I'm doing Steam Link, or is it literally just like a relay? No. If yeah. uh, you alt-tab out of the streaming process on your host PC, whatever the client TV sees is what's on the host. So uh, they'll just you'll be streaming the desktop or whatever else. Yeah. How does that work with two monitors? Can you set that up on one monitor oh, and I have the other one? I don't know because I don't have a second monitor. I have not heard that it's easy to deal with though okay because i i think this would be something i i would be interested in if i can like set up steam link on a second monitor have it going on my tv while i play in the other room Mm -hmm. and like my wife can use the computer for whatever but you know you know it would be kind of tight uh and maybe i'm just uh stupid in thinking this but uh speaking (laughs) I don't know if you did you guys hear the IGM podcast recently? I did not. No. Mm-hmm. Uh there's a gentleman out there who uh I will not repeat his name for because people will just Google search oh, it anyways. I think I know. Uh this gentleman <laughs> went this gentleman who actually used to work for Maker Studios, um, works at IGN, went on a podcast and basically said he feels bad for PC gamers because there's not really a good way to record footage. Uh-huh. Um uh, little did he know he had no idea about Fraps, Bandicam, Deoxitory, any other program out there. Uh, that you know, even Nvidia How? has shadow casting. Like he's yeah, in this play. business. How does he not know? You, right. you, well, you kind of get it after you you've been with Maker for a little bit. I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, either way, 
uh, <laughs> this this Steam Link, I think, I mean, this is basically a a relay device for your PC to your TV, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Theoretically speaking, you could hook it up to an Elgato, right? Yeah, that's <laughs> what I did for the review. That's tight. Then, like, consider me in, because for me, one of my big things is we record with Elgato's and, and Avermedia's all in the office, and file sizes when completing games on PC are egregious when you're doing things like Fraps and Bandicam, but if it's all going through the Relay Steam box and into the Elgato that way, that that's awesome. That yeah. makes... That makes recording and streaming actually a little bit easier for some people. I'm mm. I'm seriously considering it because um if if I like need to load up something quickly on an emulator, then that there's technically like less headaches. I can play a console style game on the couch, record it over mm-hmm. there. I won't have to double down on any kind of um FPS spike because of the recording software. However, you do get some FPS spike from streaming it out to the steam link in general there are a lot of hoops you got to work through and if you are considering hooking it up to a capture card one of the things i painfully learned the night matt was over was that if you leave the capture card running while the steam link boots in and out of the stream then it'll it just gave me a black screen i had to messes with the uh, uh, resolutions it does work with the capture card but it doesn't just work. It's not easy. You you have to turn the capture card off, boot it up, and then turn the capture card back on, and then you can start recording everything. I mm. see. I see. Well, you know, there, it's it's you know, we'll figure it out one day, right? It's like we're almost step, there. Maybe. Yeah, it's a st- step in the right direction. I feel it's still a really wacky concept, and I have a hard time wondering like how many people it's really for. Like, there's no way this thing is is for a mainstream market because how many people have a a wired land network going through their house and also mm. yeah and i do too but it's also because i'm in a tiny ass apartment <laughs> where all i can do right. is run the cables next to the wall but if you're yeah. in like a nuclear family two-story house in the suburbs you have to where, where you have to go downstairs it's, get a it's, drill a hundred foot hdmi cable 100 foot cat cable you're good to go man you can hook up networking anywhere <laughs> which, which, if I ever get or build a house, that's going to be one of my priorities because I'm a weirdo. But until then, I really that's not weird. That's not weird at all. You need e- this is 2015. You need internet every six feet. Unacceptable. <laughs> I'm a huge believer in that. In our office, when we first moved in, the first thing we did was we made sure that every six feet there were power outlets and there were internet, Cat five, oh, LAN you cables, were doing God's ready work. to go. You're a, a <laughs> great man. <laughs> but no, it's a serious issue if you care about video games because Wi-Fi, I mean, it's gotten mm-hmm. better in the past few years, but you don't want to play games on Wi-Fi. Like, like Jimmy, you've complained about Smash over Wi-Fi. And yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I got the, the Wii LAN connector because Smash and Splatoon were like pulling teeth on Wi-Fi. Ugh. They're much better now, but like, I, I again, I'm going to reiterate the the thing that i probably said like five podcasts in a row is that i am i am the geezer of my generation who doesn't like non-physical things give me physical buttons on my controller give me a wired connection mm. and give me fucking like like things that are tangible because i can trust those that, if it's like like wi-fi i don't trust very that reminds much. me of another weird moment with the steam link that made me feel really old-fashioned and that is it doesn't have an off button 
Oh, yeah. And, and this is that. this is I how TV boxes are designed nowadays. Apparently, that's what my friends are telling me. I don't know. I haven't had cable hooked up to my television in like ten years, Ugh. and and I um I'm totally confounded by this this design where the box just does not have an on or an off button, and that really confuses me because like aren't these things made for old people who want things to work simple? And how how did this become normal? You just, yeah, I don't know, man. If, if something goes wrong, you go over to the host PC and click on the button over there that turns off the steam link in your living room. And if that doesn't work, you have to yank the power cable from the wall, which is like, <laughs> whoa, oh, that. yeah, that's like, <laughs> oh, God, I I hate yanking cables. <laughs> yes, like, you do. I'm I'm already like just talk to my wife. I'm already more than fed up with this TV that I bought several years ago where they tried to be all sleek and fancy and, oh, where's Samsung? And we can make our TV look neat and not put buttons on it. And instead they're like, no. it's just a flat panel with some symbols. And then, if you then, touch them, it kind of maybe works sometimes. What do you but do? But the symbols are not defined. And so you, our habit now is want to turn on the TV, walk up and slide your hand over the entire right corner of the TV and sometimes oh, no. it turns on. And like that shit is like, this is it, not an improvement. You're I, just, I, just like doing shit for no reason. I hate that on the PS4, dude. Like, yeah. yes, what that the too. hell is this? I'm like, I'm sliding. I'm like, even when I accidentally press it, it doesn't turn off. So I'm like, what is it for? Is that I, for I don't anything? understand the logic for it. Because sometimes when you touch it, it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes when you press it, it works. Sometimes it doesn't. So I don't know. Like, is it sensing pressure? Is it sensing body heat? <laughs> what is the switch? What is the logic? <laughs> like, the, well, also the buttons on the PS4, like, they kind of mend with plastic. So you don't really know if it's a button or if it's like a little case. Like, you really have no idea. Yeah. You, you just oh have to gosh. shine a light on it. Because yeah. the, also the power symbol and the disc eject symbol are tiny and they're like three shades off of the rest of the console's paint job itself. They exactly also, the TV I have is. They also are like within not even a quarter of a centimeter of each other. Like if you <laughs> your, your thumb can press both the power button and the eject button at the same time. And you're even the PS4 to be like, I don't know what the fuck's happening. The future I, is really weird, you guys. I, 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 yeah, you know, you know, it was a fucking great console. The GameCube. <laughs> you push that button to turn it on and the button stays in. You know, it's fucking on. You hit the button, open the tray and the tray's like, boop, and just opens. I, I, let me let me say one thing about the PS4, though. I, I watch a lot of movies on my PS4. I use it as my like my uh, my bedroom movie watching console. I have like Hulu mm-hmm. and everything on it. Right. I cannot fit a usb stick through that little slit okay <laughs> okay mm. there's only two usb oh on the whole God. console and i can't fit it in there i have to get like some type of super That's slim right they have that weird like like garage door that you have to open up right yeah you can't even open it you have to push it in you have to shove it and oh slide it to God. the left see here's that's another thing that i'm like i'm always mad at because i want novelty usbs but yeah. nobody designs USB ports with with novelty USBs in mind. They're like, oh yeah, so your USB flash drive is going to be exactly the width and and height yeah. of a USB drive or port, right? So if I just leave you, you know, a tiny little rectangle, that'll be fine, right? No, it's not fucking fine. <laughs> Most USBs have like shit around them. They're like slightly bigger. 
it, it, it's like the phone case when you get the phone case and you can't put in your 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 um your headphone jack and you're like why why just make it like i don't need protection right here just you <laughs> oh know my gosh it drives me nuts this this talk about power button reminds me of a moment i had last night where i um got out a bunch of old ps2 games and ran uh-huh. them through the emulator while i was testing with steam link and when when ejecting the disc from the PlayStation 2, which the, the old like 15 year old PlayStation 2 at my tiny little CRT station, uh, I had to turn it on, take the disc out and then turn it off and walk back. Two days later, I find out that the PS2 is still running mm. and, and it's little oh. browser system info boot screen, because even back then they didn't want it to have an off button. The, the button in the front of the PS2 is a standby button. You held it down for two seconds to put the console in standby. And if you wanted to really turn it off, you had to reach around to the back and flip the actual power switch. And and the future is weird, but it has long been in the making. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, Baby steps, welcome, you guys. Baby steps. To the That One Video Geezer podcast. Before <laughs> you damn kids in your iPhones. <laughs> Back in my day, we had buttons that turned things on or off. That is such a basic thing. How did the... Uh, <laughs> I used to have the Motorola Razor when I was in college. <laughs> oh, man, I hated that thing. <laughs> okay, um, so so we're going to have to take a break soon and go to news. But before we do that, I still know that, that some of us have some Fallout 4 talk bubbling, bubbling deep uh. down inside. And there's a really fun question I want to ask. But first, Jimmy, what have you been doing in Fallout over the past week? Uh, Gerard, I, I know this is not your thing. So if you want to go like kick back, take a nap for a bit, go for it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm legitimately going to get up and go use the bathroom because I have, hate Fallout. I, no, he I doesn't. have. I have. Here's the thing. On my desk, I have Metal Gear Solid Five Collector's Edition sitting there. Okay. StarCraft Two Legacy of the Void Collectors. Okay. My Pip Boy Edition of Fallout Four Collectors. Oh, oh boy. Uh, what else do I have here? Uh, fucking someone gave me uh like Grandia Two Collectors. Oh, no. Like I've got all this shit here that's collectors like sealed, looking at me every day, and here I am like. I'm going to play Power Rangers for the Super Nintendo because <laughs> because it's what's on my schedule for this week. And also Steve Cardenas of the Power Rangers was in the office. So I'm like, that's cool. I guess I won't play all the new games that I have. Yeah. And here I am just not playing new games because I'm too busy playing old games. This I mean, is I'll a really tell you this right bad now. year. You ain't going to fucking complete Fallout 4, that's for sure. That, and I'm fine with that. <laughs> I some games I don't want to complete. Anyways, go ahead. I'm gonna use the bathroom. This, this, this <laughs> is a really you do you guys. bad year to not be playing new games. Yeah, because like yeah. you could you could have gotten away with that in like 2012 or 13, but but 14 and 15, 15 has been like oh, it's been pretty yeah. good. New games have been good again. Oh. Um, yeah, yeah, Jimmy, what's been going on? What what kind of crazy wasteland adventures? I heard you found okay. a maze. Uh, yes. First of all. Um, should we put a, a, can, can we just like kind of talk freely? Yeah, yeah, sure. sure. Like yeah. it's, it's been like a 10 days since the game came out. I'm sure a lot of people have put in a lot of hours more than me. So I'm going to sort of talk openly and say that I have not finished the story. Yeah. Um, okay. So but, we won't do story. I'll, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll skip over story stuff. I actually got into it. Um, I usually don't do story in Bethesda games. Uh, main story, I mean, 
because I often find it either asinine, boring, or I just like I feel no connection to it. Mm-hmm. Which definitely the start of Fallout Four, like the most disconnected, like you need to feel emotions about these people, and I'm like I don't know yeah, anybody, not, I don't care. You're not the only one. The Bethesda main stories have been in kind of a rut until the halfway point of Fallout yeah. 4's main story. Like it gets yeah. it gets a lot cooler, but that's it thing, starts like, so bad. I did some speculation with uh uh Eruption Austin mm-hmm. and I forgot I think Todd, uh Rated S Games. Uh we were ch- we were chit-chatting on the story before we had done any of it and we were like speculating and actually like the theory that we came up with ended up being like almost exactly true. For the, like the big, big, like plot point that happens kind of halfway through the main story quests, and I was pretty pleased with that because it's a cool concept. But there has been this huge roller coaster of character quality and writing quality in the story. Yeah, it's like the start is awful, and then the like follow up is mediocre, and then you get to Diamond City and things are like. Oh my god, this is cool. The story's interesting. Diamond City has a lot of character and it looks really pretty at night. <laughs> yeah, and like like you've meet cool characters Piper. like Piper and Nick and they animate well and they they're voice like act they're well. They're from a different game. Yeah, that it's watching humans exist around cardboard cutouts. That's how yeah. oh amazing god, those you, characters so are. True. Because I remember when when I first saw Piper's speech at the speaker in front yes. of Diamond City, she's yes. animated like so vividly and convincingly and it looks weird because for the past 10 hours I really took my time. For the past 10 hours I was seeing cardboard cutout people. You're seeing fucking t poses with speakers <laughs> yeah, attached yeah. to their face it's fucking yeah. it's and then but like the thing is uh i won't like if you don't okay this is a character that you'll just meet in the story so saying his name is not going to like be spoilers but you meet a guy named virgil eventually and that guy is a fucking cardboard cutout and he's very important to the story and well, I mean, not very important, but he's like part of a main story quest. And you just like I did all this work to to like meet this guy. And after being with like Piper and Nick for cool quests, this guy is like. Like every reason in the world not to trust me and for like a very cool conversation to go on. And then in like two dialogue options, he's like, I trust you with everything in my secrets in my life. And I'm like, I don't fucking know you. And you're very disappointed. That's what happens in the very beginning that really pissed me off. And within like 30 minutes of each other, you you get led into uh, got spoilers, spoilers for the first five minutes, 30 minutes. Yeah. You get led into the vault after like not, not even putting down a down payment for your space. You're just on I the mean, list for some reason. And the salesperson isn't. Yeah, that's the only that's like the only part of the start that I actually thought was was like, OK, was like. You were uninvested in the vault and then the bombs dropped and like, oh shit. And you just like, that makes sense to me. Like you just like storm into the vault. Don't care what happens. Survival instincts. But however, it, it's they, they put you in a lot. It's not like storming. It's it's part of the bureaucratic procedure. For some reason, you are important enough, even though you didn't really do anything spectacular. Is, is uh, your your main character was in the army. Oh, so he yeah. just that that's OK. That's uh, you it's, it's find so that out fast. in dialogue options yeah. with certain people. You can say, oh, yeah, I used to and, be in the also army. in the beginning, his version of the war never changes speech. He's preparing it for for a veteran ceremony. 
Right. Also, fucking, can we just talk about how they say war never changes three times in the intro? <laughs> One is plenty. We get it. Okay. It's the quote. So, anyway, so thir- sorry. 30 minutes after they let you in the vault for, I guess, being an army veteran, and that's enough for you to get the space over all these other people who want it and maybe need it more than you. Um, right. Preston makes you the general of the Minutemen. <laughs> yeah. Just this... like out of fucking nowhere. <laughs> Like, there's a lot of quests and there's a lot of people where I had higher expectations of how interactions were going to go. And like, okay, for example, um, biggest disappointment in a quest so far was uh, Confidence Man from Diamond City. The the one where you you deal with the uh, the radio DJ. That quest was fucking awful. That quest was like, like the plot of a bad like Nickelodeon cartoon from 20 years ago. Yeah. And there are some and good it ones around exactly there, how you would expect. And it was like, Oh my God, it was, it was, I was so disappointed. I, I felt like I wasted my time. I didn't even want the experience at the end. There's, I was like, this is stupid. there's a line in my review where I said that there are some like truly interesting reactive side quests, but they're few and far between. And one yes. of them, the one that sticks out in my mind most so far is where, you find you you investigate one of Nick's old case files. Oh, I have yet to do those. Do those? Those? That's a really fun string. There's there's two of them, mm-hmm. and and they're both made really really well. Like they're from a different game almost compared to all of the uh, other quests in the game. I'll definitely do that. Uh, um, I mean, that, also have you like, have you met a guy named Dean yet? Um. I don't think Ooh, so. You'll you'll know him when you see him because okay. this guy's battle lines are like, oh, my. I wanted to just like turn the computer off and walk away. They are so bad. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. OK, you want to talk about bad lines? Me and my friend were crying laughing last night. Uh, have you have you gone to Vault 81? Uh, yeah. Which one is that one? It's the one where they're like, it's a fully functioning vault and you have to like give them some fusion cores and they'll let you, you inside. You get no. one of your companions there as well. Yeah. Uh, I totally missed this. Could he? Okay. Uh, talk to some dude inside of uh, the the Russian guy's bar yeah. in Diamond City and he'll be like, yeah, I, I have some stories. And he'll if you ask him, like, he'll be like, oh, yeah, I got let into Vault 81 one time. They don't let many people in there. But okay. There's a quest. Essentially, every quest in Vault 81 is like asinine bullshit, like helping people, like errand boy stuff. And eventually you find something in there and it's kind of all right. But one of the errand boy ones is a cat escapes through the elevator and goes out into the wasteland. And you talk to this little girl and she's like, get back my cat. And her name is Aaron and the cat's name is Ashes. And you go out, and the, the quest is literally you go out and you walk 200 feet in one direction and you interact with the cat and it goes back in. But when you talk to the cat, and I, I want to know the female voice acting for this, but the, my male character, it, it was like the option is send Ashes home. And so I expected to be like, go home. And my guy literally like went to like cutscene angle. And my guy was like, Ashes, go home. Yeah. Aaron misses you. And oh it was so funny. I, I died <laughs> laughing. Yeah. I was like... Yeah. so out of left field oh so God. unexpected oh uh, man that all right i'm gonna say something try okay. not to judge me i don't sure. know if i necessarily like fallout 4 okay that's fair. i i <sighs> i mean if I you're feel, a fucking I feel like heathen, there's more good 
than bad. There's but there's more reasons to hate it than love it. It is so much. That's, okay, that's a fair statement. Yeah, mm. it, it, I I know I I know you guys like I I I enjoyed my time, but I don't like I don't see it being like part of like the Fallout series, like the the Fallout like the, the organic questing feel where you're going from one quest to the other and it just keeps being thrown into your face and stuff like. It's mostly like these busy work quests where you everything is kind of replaced with like these you go into a random subway and just you just shoot everybody. You yeah. just you constantly just kill <laughs> which, everybody. Which is all why the I want to see someone do a spin-off on this engine and with this assets like, yeah. like New I Vegas would love style. That. Now, see, now that would be good cuz the gameplay is where it's at, but the story the, and the, the, the like quest, it's just the level design lacking. like someone let's get, a, let's get a Fallout Seattle. Someone could very very easily just stamp much better quests and and levels and um dialogue on top of this system. Bethesda, I'm going to assume optimistically, just did not have the time to because they had to make the system. Oh, uh, speaking of like disappointing things. So, you know, I I don't know if I said this in the podcast. I I was saying it to a bunch of people uh, like when I was talking last week. But uh, you know how one third of this map is the East Coast Atlantic Ocean? Yeah. Um, There's fucking nothing in it. Oh, that's disappointing. It's really, really weird. I was because I saw that on the map when I started the game up, and I was like, "Holy shit, that's a lot of water on the map!" Like, like, oh my god! And then I got a tooltip in one of the loading screens that was like, "The town of blah 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 used to be a thriving community until a giant sea monster destroyed it." And I was like, "That's it! I get to find a giant sea monster in the ocean in this game. Best game, ten out of ten." And there's a perk that allows you to breathe underwater and re- and gets rid of radiation from water. And so I was like, they want me. They want me uh, also, to go also out in the ocean. Power armor has a rebreather on it. You can just right. walk around and underwater. It, and, it, and it also reduces or it gets rid of radiation when, you, when you're in it. Yeah. So all signs pointed to get this perk, travel into the ocean and find a giant sea monster. Got the perk, traveled into the ocean, found fucking nothing. <laughs> There's a landscape out there. There's like crashed planes and like cars, but you cannot pull up combat systems or looting underwater. Which means that there's nothing Which there. Which means there's nothing there. Like there's there should have been like a really cool gun hidden in a plane crash down there, but there isn't. There's just nothing. And I was so so sad. Um I, I reloaded and and to when to before I got the perk and just like I'm not even wasting my time. Very, very shit. quick question, and that is yeah. have you guys had any fun with uh renaming your custom weapons? Uh I'll I'll answer first because it's a very short answer. Since I'm doing a punching only run. <laughs> um, so I only use fist weapons and punching. I've only found three fist weapons total. And the first one that I had, I just named it Normal Punch. <laughs> you don't have like a, a, a power punch or, or no, a super? I, I, I named it because uh, my character is based off of One Punch Man. Mm-hmm. And in that anime, there's one part where he does like a special move to kill this guy. And it's called Consecutive Normal Punch. <laughs> it, it's fucking funny. So I, I named it Normal Punch. But yeah, I'm using a power fist right now and I just haven't named it. I will name it, but I haven't. Uh, Matt, what about you? Um, 
Well, I did uh, name. I love energy weapons, and yeah. I had this. And I I built up this energy weapon. Like I put like a sniper um, um, nose on it. Oh, I forgot what, what what that mod Barrel. was. Barrel and uh, nose. It, like the the yeah nose. Um, <laughs> it, it went up to like over a hundred damage. Like it was it was getting up in there, and I had like the rifle perk up to like four, and it was just one hitting everything. So I just called it yeah. the toaster. So it yeah. just goes, it just goes, and it just like blasts them and they disintegrate. And I was just like, nice. yeah. All, yeah, all like, of mine are some variant of the something or I, um, <laughs> well, well, most of them are, but actually the, the ones that I really like more than that are the ones where I got a little more creative. I have a little revolver that's super powerful and has a quick scope on it. And I named it mm. garbage day after that <laughs> infamous scene in silent night, deadly night two. Or the guy oh says gosh. garbage day and before oh going gosh. on a horrible killing spree in the suburbs of California. Um, but also there was a double barreled shotgun that I got way early in the game when I was figuring out the weapon customization screen. And from like a certain angle, a, a big piece of wooden double barrel shotgun looks like a breadstick. So I called <laughs> it the breadstick. And then later on in the game, I found one of the legendary weapon drops was a shotgun with an unlimited ammo magazine mod. It it wasn't actually unlimited ammo. It just you did not have to reload your whole ammo pool that you collected was in your magazine at all times. That's fucking so guess what I called it. Unlimited, unlimited breadsticks. Bread yeah. <laughs> oh and every time gosh. I pull that thing out, I'm just I'm just so happy. And it's like That's one wonderful. of the weirdest things to make me happy, but oh, it just makes me so happy. I I just want to say that uh <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw this, but there was an article that someone found out you can use HTML tags. Oh yeah, to, in, to like bullet names, and italicize them. Yeah. Uh <laughs> they haven't figured out if color is available. I, I'm assuming not, but uh, you can do bold and italics and stuff with your names, and I think that's Interesting. pretty cool. So, uh, mm. my friend found a beastly 50 cal sniper last night with like all these mods on it, and we were trying to come up with a name, and somehow we ended up on uh, Tom Clancy's huge mistake, which <laughs> huge is bold, italicized in all caps. Oh my god! I'm wondering because you could do like sarcasm italics with that, like, yeah. like put it put. The, the best yeah, pistol a a a good weapon and just put like weapon in quotes and with italics around it <laughs> oh my gosh everyone hearing you guys talk about it makes me feel like i missed something in my like hours and hours of playing it might there's, just be there's definitely been some busy work yeah there's definitely been some downtime for me where I, I got burnt out like some of the story stuff especially this one kind of pivotal moment in the story where i thought like this is the end and i got to what I thought was the end and it wasn't and it just opened up the game like double and I was like I don't I don't want to do this anymore and I like didn't play for a day I don't know I got burnt out for weird reasons but like I get it um I'm not uh, I don't hate the game it's just yeah it's, it's, just, it's just not what I was dislike it's not what I was looking for like you know after you play so many good games this year it just feels like how is this game getting nines mm. I, played, I just don't it, see it. I don't see it, it. It's still very Bethesda. I played Witcher 3 to get ready for Fallout oh, 4. Like, and that gosh. was a bad That's, choice. There yeah. are two different just leagues. Levels of qualities. Oh, Holy oh, crap. Man. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's rough. Because I was getting ready to play the DLC. Because um, 
I I've read that the DLC lasts like eight to ten hours, so I was like, okay, I'll play that a couple days, and then Fallout Four will be done downloading, and by then, and um, I I didn't end up getting to the DLC. I just ended up clearing more side quests from The Witcher Three, and like that they actually work they're interesting little stories exactly with many different alternate endings and really cool cutscenes in the middle of side quests uh, the way the way that game does side quests and the solidity of its world and its mechanics are just leagues leagues above a bethesda game someone kidnapped my husband can you please go get him sure kill and in the witcher 3 you would find out that the husband was like some kind of shape-shifting monster who had become <laughs> the mayor of the town. And if you brought him back to his former life, he wouldn't want that. So he would have like some tearful reunion with his wife, who was actually a vampire. It was, uh, yeah, yeah, like so there's good. actual twists in the side quests. It's so good. Yeah, I, I, there was something like that in, oh my gosh. And the 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 one, like one of the, the people who like the werewolf killed like the the wife because she loves the werewolf of who he you know who he is and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's just like what what like all this from oh I just want to talk to this person because they need help like all that all that from this little side quest and then when you go to Fallout it's just like so many quests are just there uh, to just go kill this ghoul go this I mean yes there are some other quests but you have to like really like search for it like. He- in the sea like, of garbage. Yeah, I mean, it's a wasteland. Uh, but seriously, <laughs> oh, like, I, I guess we should probably cut off yeah. pretty soon. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I want, like, I will highlight a positive that I found doing a quest last night where uh, I went to, rec- it was like same standard formula, like, my son joined the raiders and they're raiding our town, like, go f- kill those bastards. And I was like, yeah, whatever. And I found out through through the quest, like, as I went through it and raided this factory, that these raiders are pyromaniacs that like worship a a vat of molten steel and there's like terminals and you could read like stuff that they say and like the best part was i read this terminal that was uh new recruits like like it was like a an overview of new recruits that have failed to join the group Mm -hmm. and all of them are like for all the file names are like their their new raider name so they're all like arsenic crusher like all these like like badassy kind of names and every file is like uh uh couldn't keep silent during the first trial and then uh or that's like their crime and then the uh I their punishment totally fed to the forge. remember that. that that's how you and, get finch farm uh yes mm. and so if you go through every single file though all of them are like this crazy like oh like didn't didn't kill an innocent civilian when told to crime fed to the forge or cut off arms and exiled or something. And it's all like this brutal shit. And you get to the very last one and the name is Yancey and you open the file and it says crime refused to change name punishment fed to the forge. It's so Yancey Yancey just couldn't, couldn't be one of one of the forged. It's just so funny after all these like fucking like slag like doom and all these fucking names and you get to yancey alphabetically they put at the end so good god damn okay but yeah like you said we need to we need to break and get into this news (laughs) we do 
The Legend of the Power Rangers is yours like never before. Power Rangers Super Legends, the video game. 20 playable Power Rangers from multiple seasons. Explosive combos. Powerful super moves. Multiplayer co-op. And mega battles against mega villains. Power Rangers Super Legends, available now for PlayStation 2, Computer Entertainment System, PC, and Nintendo DS. And we are back for news. It uh, hey. sounds hey. like like once we went on about Fallout, Gerard has something going on. I don't know. We don't know. He said he later, something man. that came up some, that he had to uh, take care of super, that happened while he was headed to the bathroom. So He's, he's probably uh, learning about... I, I don't know. A Master Chief from, being in Smash, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, um so so very first No, he's it's uh <laughs> main character of Fallout 4 confirmed for Smash. Oh. Everyone is well, in Sh- Shovel Knight, dialogue. Bayonetta, <laughs> Gerard himself. Oh <laughs> the beard man. First yeah. uh first oh topic of the day, we have quotes from a Naughty Dog developers talking about their studio schedule after Uncharted 4. They say we have one or two games left in this generation. Ah, uh, <laughs> ah. Yeah, hey yeah. Guys. Oh hey, oh, what's up? Hey, sorry. back from the thing. Sorry I was gone. I my brother came in and some business had to be taken care of and we're still See. going on about that. <laughs> so uh to catch you up. We had we finished talking about Fallout. We had a break. We came back and we told everybody that you had some important stuff to take care of, <laughs> and then you came back. So Great, all is right in the world. Hey Gerard, perfect, perfect. Yeah. How long do you want this console generation to last? <laughs> for straight in for which for uh, which cons for which console? Um, Naughty Dog has uh, recently given some quotes during interviews saying we have one or two games left in this generation after Uncharted Four. So that's uh, like like three Naughty Dog games per generation, which which sounds kind of normal, but still, when when you look at how there hasn't been one yet, it's it feels like 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 le- less volume per generation. If there's really, I don't know, two or three more years left in this one, are we talking? Are we including things like remasterings? Are we doing ports? Like what? What's considered in that? Because at this point in time, uh, Uncharted 4, we know, is the last game in the Uncharted series, yeah. supposedly. The, the presumption um, is that they're moving on to Last of Us 2, which uh, I think Troy Baker spilled that one in an interview. Uh, not in an, a fan panel, but... Um, the Last of Us 2. Game, two game last number two. Furious. <laughs> game number three is totally up in the air. Maybe they'll do their their Nathan Drake Kart Racer spinoff. I don't know. Um, oh no! <laughs> but yeah, like uncarded, like Naughty that, Dog and oh. Friends. This, this <laughs> isn't this isn't a super duper high profile story. It just kind of makes me worry about the lasting volume of the PlayStation Four. And we were just talking about how the Wii U feels feels a little skimpy in that regard. You know, I everyone's all up in arms about how Nintendo isn't on current generation console formats. That's fine. If you look at what Nintendo's created first party wise, the games look and feel on the same level and field as a PS4 or Xbox One game because they're designed in-house and it's everyone else around them that doesn't quite get it. If you look at PS4 and Xbox, and again going back to original IPs versus third party stuff, like why play Call of Duty on 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 console? Go get it on PC. Why mm. play Assassin's Creed on console? Go play it on PC. Why, uh, you know, play uh, 
I don't know. I mean, I'd say Halo, but that's the one exclusive that is on Xbox. You've got this situation where the longevity of the consoles almost don't matter because I feel like even the consoles themselves believe in what they're doing. Like we're already having the conversation of what's after the PS4 and what's after the Xbox One when no one's even figured out what the hell's going on with the <laughs> Xbox One or PS4. At least with Nintendo, they've embraced their console and figured out how to use the best they can. But like, yeah. I really think that like, even from a first party wise, if you look at what was launched, what was the launch title for the PS4? That that like knack. robot knack. <laughs> Great. Uh, Knock, knack. Uh, All right. That wasn't a launch title, though. It took him a few months. You've actually never heard of Knack. What is Knack? A um, uh, platformer. Wait, with why are you wasn't Knack wasn't launched? No, no, no. Last of Us wasn't launched. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. That definitely wasn't launched. Well, that, that was the only reason to buy oh, it back then, though. Killzone Shadowfall was the requisite... FPS oh, launch. That's right. I, I seriously don't remember any others. It might have just been Killzone, Knack, and whatever sports. Right. What about Xbox? Uh, <laughs> Rise? Rise? Rise existed. Rise? Great. Rise. Oh, God. You did it. You did it, Xbox. <laughs> At least when Nintendo came out, they were like, yo, new Mario Bros. U. It looks great, and you guys love it. <laughs> yeah. Like, it was a guarantee. I mean, I know no one liked the Wii U at the time, but at least it was like, well, I'm safe with that. But I yeah. don't feel I didn't feel safe with Knack. I definitely didn't feel safe with Rise. I've sin- I've sincerely never heard of Knack before. It's like a little like cogwheel guy, that, like a cute cogwheel persona that like turns into like a golem cogwheel eventually. A, it's like an action platformer. Rare example of like a mascot platformer happening in 2013. It it felt Damn. very out of its time. Mm. It it also just didn't the artistic style was not impressive by any means whatsoever for for a new generation console. And that that's the thing. I really feel like there hasn't been one PS4 game until where I've dawn. just been like Until Dawn, <laughs> but I mean you talk <laughs> let me just say that that's a great game. I like Until mm-hmm. Dawn. But let me just say, there hasn't been a PS4 title where I've been like <gasps> Wow, maybe Metal Gear Solid Five, but even at that, it's like on I got on PC. Yeah. Like, if your conversation for your for your for your uh, game is followed by "I'm gonna get it on PC," then yeah. it shouldn't really count as a console <laughs> exclusive. Like, I don't. I mean, I don't play Halo. Do you guys play Halo? No. How's Halo Five? Is it good? I would see. I would like to play Halo, but it's uh, not except for the fact. Yeah, except for the fact that they took out split screen, which is how I play every Halo. So, so I'm not getting it. I'm not giving them so, any yeah. money. I mean, I don't have an Xbox One anyway, but like this is that was going to be one of those like, oh, maybe one day I'll get an Xbox One so I can play Halo. But like I didn't I didn't event on Friday. I shot 10 hours worth of video and I in, in that one hour I played uh, Halo with Eat My Diction, the streamer and YouTuber. Uh-huh. And the both of us had to play uh on two different consoles on two different TVs together yep. Yep. and it yep. felt so weird i was like i should just go into the other room and do this like why <laughs> why are we next to each other with headphones and like <laughs> just next to each other playing we can't even see each other cuz we're on the other side of the map like right. didn't make any sense anyways the point wrapping this point up we give me a reason to believe in in the consoles at this point except for i again nintendo's killing it they're gonna move on to the nx and i'm sure what they're gonna do is gonna be great 
but I really don't believe in the PS4 or the Xbox One. I, I have a sneaking suspicion that if this is going to be a short generation, which is going to be weird for people to adjust because last generation was super long. But mm-hmm. if this is a short one, the next ones they're going to be um, pushing out are going to be pushing hard for VR peripherals. Like if there's like yeah. one thing that can probably get <sighs> normal mainstream people excited enough. I'm excited. I'm extremely uh, look, excited to be honest. Hey, VR, VR, I'm in. You, but you know what? I also would probably just rather play P- my VR stuff with PC. my PC. <laughs> like, <laughs> like yeah. do you really want to get the HTC headset that's meant for a computer? Or do you want to get the Oculus, which has been what everyone's been talking about for years? Yeah. Like yeah. Morpheus, I played Morpheus at at E three this past year. It actually was really good. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for Morpheus, uh, but I again, it's it's gonna be like, weird. It's gonna be weird. No one like when when the Wii first came out, everyone was like, oh, "Fucking motion controls, really? <laughs> like, are you fucking kidding me?" And then what happened? We did motion controls. Nintendo killed it. Because they um, were marketing it to normal people who didn't know what, what a video game is, and it worked. And Playing that Wii Sports, man. I, I feel like that's the, the, the dividing line between why the Kinect and the PlayStation Move didn't catch on so well. It's, it's a totally different market that knows how gimmicky the implementation for motion controls were, which is really sad in retrospect, because motion controls don't have to be bad. Like, like they make Splatoon. And also, um, the the Fatal Frame, Zombie U, are all. It's it's weird that it took them like another generation to to incorporate motion controls into old genres in a way that improved them incrementally, rather than yeah, it's it's just not as easy as as press the waggle button that's actually a waggle motion anymore. Yeah, maybe maybe uh, maybe once the NX comes out, they'll develop some games that are good for the tablet controller i'd feel really bad if vr goes through a similar like bad phase of of super gimmicky poor implementation that causes it to fail for a while i i feel like it's definitely gonna do that i i just wonder how they're gonna push it on on consoles and i don't want to be like a pc master race guy but i just i just feel like the experience is going to be a little gimped you know, Which like is, it, it's unless really they push power out a new hungry. generation. It is because you oh, have to yeah, render yeah. the frame twice. Yeah. yeah. And then also have it at a super high resolution, because when when your eyes are inches away from the screen, you see pixels unless oh, there's yeah. an incredibly high pixel density, <sighs> which is the huge problem I had with the first iteration of the Oculus that I tried at GDC. I wasn't feeling it because it looks like, you know, when you open your eyes underwater and everything's super blurry, and you can get the general outline of things. It was like that, yeah. but then moving on to the Oculus Two, yeah, and and the more the D, the DDK Two, and then the Morpheus. I've never gotten a chance to try the HTC Vive, but that was the change that made me a believer. Yeah, and if they launch and make some bad first impressions like that, it could it could really hurt. And it's so demanding because you need a high frame rate, you need a high resolution, and you need a um. Uh, to render the frame twice for the 3D, yeah. and and current gen consoles, if they have they any excuse whatsoever to push out a new gen of it, that's it right there. Yeah, yeah. I I mm, mm, I I need that high frame rate. I need the highest uh, pixel density, like uh, resolution in each eye. Like I'm not gonna get that on my Xbox or my PS4. 
So it's, I, it's definitely something I just want to hook directly in the back of my my graphics card instead of hooking it on a console. I just uh, I just don't see it. And I even then, the the Morpheus um tech demos that they had at GDC. Did, what did they give you, Jimmy? Did they give you the the shark? Because I got the shark. Wait. Or, or wait, was it Gerard? Yeah, it was, it was Gerard. me. I yeah, never yeah. Okay, it sorry. <laughs> Morpheus. The Morpheus demo that I got was uh, the kitchen. I they didn't have the kitchen at GDC oh, when I was playing with man, it. Oh man, the kitchen was tight. <laughs> oh man, it's like a uh it's like a Resident it's made by Capcom. Uh Resident Evil style. Um but you don't really have the ability to react or do anything. Your hands are bound by you holding the controller. Um and Oh man, it's it's really incredible. Um Is it one that you could cook? No. So you you it's a horror game. Oh, a horror demo. Kitchen is. So you you are sitting <laughs> down in a chair, bound to a chair. Your feet are bound to the chair. Um and you can look around the complete 360 in the Morpheus. Mm-mm. Um and uh you notice that uh you notice there's a dead body on the floor. And after a few minutes, the dead body gets up and it's like, hey, I'm not dead. Are you okay? We're going to get you out of here. No problem. And so this guy comes over and he grabs a knife and he's like, lift up your hands. (laughs) And with you holding the the PS4 controller, you lift it up. uh, It's as if you were holding your hands that are shackled. And so he has to carefully... You have to balance the controller in your hands correctly enough so that the man can cut you free with the blade... And then this like scary monster woman jumps on his back and then he takes the blade and because he's being attacked, he like is flinging the blade and you have to try and deflect the blade away from your face because he's so close to your face with it. Then she full on murders him, and then it's like a three and a half minute demo of him, of her just fucking with you. My jaw actually dropped. While you were talking about having to hold the control, because because your stance, it's kind of like like being bound at the ri- you you have your yeah. two wrists super close. Yeah. Oh my you're, god! Okay, see, I'm excited. Yeah, have you you heard of the guys? Uh, uh, the, the the you know, there's there's Freddie W, right? Yeah, that does the FX thing, and, and then there's another effects. one, according according digital or something like that. Okay, well, all right, those no, guys no. are making a VR. Um, game that's fully VR, only VR, mm-hmm. with two mm-hmm. motion controllers, where you're you're basically in a a closed space. You have to stand up, and you have these like little levitating junk boxes that you can float around this map, and you can like build around you to and uh, like keep keep from getting hit. So you have two controllers, and you can if you want to duck, you just duck behind cover. And then you could like come out, look around and shoot like it's all 360 view and everything. And th- that's probably one of the best experiences I've seen. Uh, w- like uh, th- that type of stuff, the stuff that actually works, you know, not the stuff that you have to sit down and use a keyboard and mouse. Like, yeah, that could work like, you know, like space games and stuff like that. But like that experience, I want that. Like I want that. I'm pretty sure there's many games that you can use to to, to make that work properly. Um you know, within the games, you know, because all you have to do is sit, you're, you're actually standing there in the game, moving around this little hovercraft and or building around. If if people retroactively mod previous games to work with. Have you guys seen that that Half-Life 2 with the Razer Hydra controller demo where um, 
to to use the scoped crossbow, you actually kind of have to shove your hands up to your face to look down the scope. Mm. I, I I like the idea of that. Um. Anyways, like moving on. Uh, actually, vaguely related to modding games, uh, there is a dialogue mod released for Fallout Four that makes the game like a good twenty percent better. Step nice. one has been taken to to fixing the problems of this thing. And I I really want people to know because this is the kind of thing that I would um recommend people do during their first run. It uh mm. changes the dialogue wheel to full sentences laid out uh horizontally on lines, pick it out by the number keys. You can download a version of it that works with gamepad where it'll display the whole sentence but next to the um number keys. And I, I put it in. It runs fine. Everything works okay. It's great. Mm. Matt, have you tried it out? Tried which one? The dialogue mod. <laughs> the dialogue mod. No, no, I actually haven't tried it out. I, I looked at it, and at first, you were telling me, I, like, when you when you put it up on the Skype calls, it's like, oh, what is this? They just changed the way it's set up, one, two, three, and four. But no, they actually rid it all out, and I... I flipped out and I haven't tried it yet. Is it easy to install? Because I what actually you, want to replay the game with that one installed. <laughs> there there well. are a lot of reasons I want to replay it. It's like too easy at the curve I'm at at the level. And um, I also just want to see what it's like with mods again. But well, what, crank the difficulty because you get more legendaries if you do. Yeah. Oh, oh but wow. even then, it's like I'm at this point, I'm, I'm like one shotting legendary ghouls with my unlimited breadsticks. <laughs> And it's fine. It's I mean, fine. It's just I don't know. I, I might be beyond it. I, I want to start over in, in some kind of hard mode and, and limit myself. But OK, what, what you do is is you replace um, some dot string files in, in the game's uh, folders while keeping backups of the original. Then you have to open up an I and I and change one of the lines on the config lines. And that's really it. Really. Wow. Okay. And and then you're done. And it it works so well and it works so much better. You no longer have to move your hand from the arrow keys away from the mouse every time you talk to someone. Hmm. Great. <sighs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. And you're also Tight. no longer surprised by your character saying stuff you don't want him to say. Like there was one line where someone wanted to repay a favor that my guy did for him and mm-hmm. I my response was you still care about balancing the books? And I'm wondering, how do you paraphrase that? Like, if if what the what the alternative would have looked like, it would have said like balance books question mark, and mm. that could have meant anything. All yeah. of a sudden, my guy could be talking about a, a notebook I might have missed in the previous room. Yeah, uh, most notorious one that I got so far that I I was like actually mad at was I walked into this bar and there was this lady having an argument with somebody, and then like I watched the scene play out, and then I sat down, and she like starts a dialogue with me and says, oh, are you going to make yourself useful and buy me a drink? And I was like, man, when the option to call her a bitch shows up, I'm going to fucking click that so fast. Options is what essentially amounted to flirt. Yes. Okay. And sure. And I was <sighs> like, really? My only options are to appease this person who I definitely don't like immediately. So I, I just did not choose any option. He just walked, walked away. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I love when you walk do. away and the guys are like, uh, okay, I guess just leave them that. hanging. That's how yeah. you say no in this game. Yep. I, I hate the sarcasm button. 
Oh, be sarcastic. Now you don't even what know does what does that sarcastic. mean? <laughs> I, I like it because it's always a little surprise. Like oh. when I'm in a conversation with somebody that I don't like, I'll usually throw sarcasm in there because it's always like like there's there's usually like a, a nice little one liner in there. And if it's for people I don't like, then I don't give a shit about making it. But mad. if you don't like them, then you might sarcastically agree with them. Mm-hmm. And and that's what that's what ruined me on the sarcasm option was when I was having that conflict i was like i want to be a dick to this guy but there's no straight be a dick option instead there's a sarcasm option and then my guy made a mean joke about the faction i care about yeah i was like no stop (laughs) (laughs) Um, oh the rough choices at the end yeah those moral choices oh my Uh, gosh um, they're so horrible so so there is another mod that that is oh this is just like a weird story super straightforward and simple someone modded in david ortez's jersey into the game david ortez is a red sox player i don't know what a sport ortiz. is <laughs> or i i don't know ortiz what's it what's an ortiz ortiz it's a name the mlb got super mad <laughs> and said that yeah. uh uh the use of these marks is an infringement on our rights we plan to enforce those rights Hang on, hang on. I mean, I think we should do a uh, accurate depiction of the MLB. Yeah, the use of these yeah, images, <laughs> you darn kids. <laughs> Fucking literally idiotic people. Uh, the guy got scared, took it down after doing an interview, a quite hilarious interview with the Boston Globe. Um, I love his quote from him. He says, Ortiz is a heavy hitter, man. I love his ability to hit. He's big. He's massive. So I figured he'd be the right one to survive the apocalypse. (laughs) (sighs) This is this is such a this is such an off putting story. Like, long story short, guy puts in in. Fucking Fallout 4 where everything is Boston and there's like a city that is a baseball field and there's people walking around in what are essentially like lookalike Boston baseball outfits and you could get that you could get baseball bats that are essentially the, Boston. The, the Commonwealth Institute bats. of Technology instead of yeah. the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. Yeah, it's it's like so obvious that that there's Red Sox stuff all over this. A guy puts in a free mod where you can wear one of the Red Sox players' jerseys, and the MLB's like, "This is not okay." Like fucking, like stop it. And and they didn't it's, even really like. There's no mention of an actual cease and desist letter that he got. So I'm guessing he just took it down because he was scared. Well, in the interview, he was like, "If they press, if they press me and tell me like if they're actually planning legal action then i will stop so maybe someone just notified him maybe. that they were going to follow there wasn't through on any it. news on it it just uh he just updated the youtube video of it and said it's no longer available for download wah, wah, wah. Uh, share that shit around torrent that shit deus ex mankind <laughs> divided got a 6 month delay oh All right. oh which is is, is a funny game to delay i mean it's it's like fine it's it's good delay right but remember that they were having the augment your pre-order thing yeah. not yeah. but a month ago where if everyone beat a really good consumer and bought a lot of preloads they were gonna release it four days early dun, dun. i mean maybe it was more of an augment their game budget thing where they <laughs> ran out of money and they were like shit we need to finish this game but it's if they released it and it was like shitty and rushed out to launch, 
then that would have massively yeah. backfired. I mean, what I'm saying program. is maybe they just didn't have the money to make the game anymore, and so they did the pre-order thing as like refresh our budget and oh, be able to finish that it. They're funding themselves with the manpower pre-orders. So maybe the six-month delay is we don't have the budget for the current team, so we need to. Like, we have to just make, take longer to make the game because we can't afford everybody. <sighs> I, I like mean, the that, old days when I never, th- in the, you, you never had to think about this stuff. You know? Yeah. Like, you know? Like, you just, you just, you just got up in the morning, you played some games, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's budgets um, and, 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 and people losing their jobs and pachinko machines, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it shows that there's like a, the lever. a massive <laughs> amount. <laughs> A massive difference in confidence between the marketing people and the actual developers, because the marketing people were putting out this scheme, making headlines from the negative PR. I mean, you can argue that that any publicity is good publicity. Right. But at the same time, it shows that like they were ready to go and push it out the door hard. Meanwhile, either they didn't know that the development was going to need to be delayed or they're deve- or they're delaying it to just um squeeze it closer to the holiday launch cycle which is still a weird thing cuz that's not as um the, the industry's not as dependent on those holiday launches as it used to be this uh was scheduled to go out in february i was kind of looking forward to playing a new dusek so soon yeah. i mean i don't mind waiting but it's still uh the little a little weird considering how close it seemed we were getting Mm. Um, so the last story, but not least, is a fair use protection program that uh, YouTube says they're launching to protect new YouTubers. It's a little weird looking up details on this thing, because right now it seems like the primary source of information is a Jim Sterling video. And I don't know if you guys have seen it. It was eight minutes long. I haven't had time to squeeze it in my day yet. Yeah, I watched it. OK, cool, cool, because I, I just skimmed the um, EFF Electronic Frontier Foundation um, article about it, and they did not actually have a lot of good information. What was in the video, though? Uh, essentially, long story short, um, you were actually mentioned in the video. I was? But, uh, yeah, yeah. Your your uh, little scuffle Konami. with Konami is actually related to it this. It was a good scuffle. Um, essentially, YouTube kind of like the summary is like they've already been doing this to some degree. But the only thing that gets press is when people have their videos taken down and YouTube doesn't do anything about mm-hmm. it. And so they were kind of like, we're going to make this as public as possible and let you guys know that we are doing our best to protect you. Huh. And so your video, uh, YouTube reinstating your video after it was falsely claimed by Konami was one of the few examples that was public. I was just about to ask, um, was that what gave them the idea to do it? Because an actual human at YouTube resolved that issue the day yeah, it was happening. And that was unprecedented at the time. Well, that's just because you haven't heard about them, at least according to to them and to the Jim Sterling video, because uh, he's been keeping quiet for several weeks, according to his video, mm-hmm. because a, you know, like the several instances he's had where he talks about shitty games on Steam and those developers issue DMCAs to silence him. Uh, somebody did that. And I guess this time around, he got an email from YouTube that was like, uh, yo, uh, this person tried to take down your video, but we're not going to let it happen. So, um, here's the details of what their claim is. And, uh, you know, we got your back. Like, there's no reason for this. That's and so like the polar yeah. opposite of last year. Right. So they, they didn't even allow the video to get taken down for and a second. And they also which is notify cool. you that someone is trying to take it down. 
Yeah, and also uh, there's another thing in here that's like YouTube is uh, pretty much will go to bat for you in court up to a million dollars in court in court like wow. money Holy to, shit. Uh, this is great. to protect your fair use that's really cool so i i, I, I recommend wonder... watching the jim sterling video um yeah because it's it obviously has a lot more information and we need to wrap up like very soon so uh but yeah i mean this is a good thing it's not the be all end all fix but it's definitely very helpful and it's good to see them helping us out cool i i'm really excited about hearing that and also the the deciding factor though is are they really gonna go do that one million dollar court case like I mean, if that ever eventually happens i'd be surprised if they if they do go through with it like just not taking a video down is one thing but actually investing that much money in it is is another yeah and the other thing is that i guess uh because some of this stuff has to do with region like laws because they'd rather go to court with people in the U.S. than in other countries, which makes sense. Um, if your video gets like hit like that, like the 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 video that they try to take down from Jim Sterling, I guess is now limited to being viewed in the U.S. But like because of the legal protection that YouTube put on it mm -hmm. from that DMCA, but um, supposedly that's supposed to be like a rare case thing, and it shouldn't even uh, get to that. That is freaking so. great. Yeah, it feels good to end I, on good news. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Definitely. I was, I was. Sorry, I, I didn't get to talk much at, at this. Mm -hmm. I uh, just so we're clear, because I, I, no one really knew this, but George, when your when your takedown went down, mm -hmm. when you when you got your video taken out from YouTube, Alex and I were literally in the lobby of Konami about to play Metal Gear Solid Five. <laughs> I remember oh getting getting messages from you guys about where you're like, I don't know if we want to go through with this. Well, yeah, I was I was literally about to go in there and like metaphorically take out my dick and hit them in the face Ew. because <laughs> well, because here's the thing, uh, I didn't want to. Th the whole arrangement was Alex and I got to go play Metal Gear Solid Five. And we had to make one video talking about the game with no gameplay footage. And we were literally minutes away waiting outside to go inside. And we hear the news about your video. It's on Kotaku, all these places. And I called you and I and I said, what do you want me to do? You said, hang tight. And then by the end of the day, it got revoked. Mm -hmm. But we were literally about to go to war. I was about to literally go on and be like, everyone at TOVG is at war with konami because they've they fucked with the wrong weed men like literally we were all about to take that stance uh, and alex was so nervous because he was like i really want to play Metal Gear solid five right now but we're they're fucking with george so what are we gonna do what are we, fuck it we're not doing it we're not doing it i'm like let's just wait let's just wait so let it be known that if anyone fucks with us we got your back george or really anyone but even then so, it's like the the restrictions that that you were having to deal like i remember all the confusion that alex was sending me after he was done with this too like he didn't know if he wanted like like what a video like that would look like and and he would have um his original choice i i believe was to have like me on for a little discussion interview type thing and and my answer was no because i don't want to have any of the game spoiled but like yeah. not having video footage of a, of a thing that you go to for for many many hours and the, the end result is just sitting in a it chair talking to it yeah it's it's it was definitely it was like 
It was like they might as well given us review copies of the game, but like trapped us in a room where we couldn't do anything and just talk. You know what I mean? A review event. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, and, and the whole the whole ordeal with the the quote unquote boot camp was so off putting too. I, it's it's a super antiquated way to uh, look look at how this business is done. But anyways, yeah. let's let's not get into that. Let's leave it with good news. YouTube's fair use protection is official. Woo! We are we are moving into the new age of hopefully better times with 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 good video games having come out this year. Maybe cool VR stuff happening next year. I'm ready. I thought you weren't excited. I'm ready for my PC. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, but but anyways, regardless, we uh, have to head out, and we yep. will see you guys next week. Thanks for, for listening, mm-hmm. everybody. Adios. Sorry I was quiet because I didn't play Fallout. <laughs> it's okay. I, it's okay, I respect dude. the desire not to spoil the experience. Like, I have a huge hard-on for resisting spoilers. Oh, it makes me feel so good. Um... Anyways, anyways. anyways. Okay. <laughs> Rate us five stars on iTunes. Share us with your friends. Don't share us with your mom. Actually, no, moms, what's up? Hey moms, how's it going? Oh, yeah. Hey now. Moms, moms, what's up? Ladies. <laughs> hashtag pod- hashtag moms, what's up? We- anyway. <laughs> Alright, bye everybody. Bye. 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 bye.